You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. The, the, the mining market, junior mining market, is like when it's hot, it's like pouring a bottle of whiskey into a shot glass. There's there's money that flows all over the table. The whole bottle gets spills everywhere, and that and that means money comes and stocks rise everywhere because it's such a small sector, and it can be extremely profitable even in the lowest quality of stories. I'm Bill Powers. Thank you for tuning in again to Mining Stock Education. Today's show is brought to you by Gold Terra Resource Corp. And Gold Terra is pursuing a multi-million ounce potential, hopefully five plus million ounces in Yellowknife in Canada's Northwest Territories. And if you listen to my uh, recent interview with Gerald Penaton, he was formerly of Detour Lake Success, and he's now with Gold Terra. And he says that this project is more exciting than even the work that he did over there with Detour. I should note also for U.S. investors that Gold Terra changed their ticker symbol as they graduated to the OTCQX. It's now YGTFF, but if you want to buy in Toronto, you can still buy it under the ticker YGT. Well, my guest today is Tommy Humphreys, the founder of CEO.ca. And I'm very excited for this interview. Tommy somebody that I've been wanting to connect with for some time. I love investing in the junior resource sector, as I'm sure you all know if you're an avid listener. But I'm also an entrepreneur myself, having run businesses, started businesses, some successful and some not. So I appreciate entrepreneurial zeal and success from afar. And Tommy started his website, CEO.ca, which is just a phenomenal resource for junior mining speculators. There's conversations going on there. There's real-time data that you can get. You can see when insiders are buying or selling. And he really aggregates and brings to you in real-time data from all over the web. And it's truly the, the best website out there for mining stock speculators to go to to engage in conversations and access a ton of free data in real time. So with that introduction, Tommy, thank you for coming on to Mining Stock Education. And over the past several months, I've been receiving a lot of emails from newer mining investors, people that are newer to the gold and the gold stock story. So perhaps you could start off sharing, how could some of these newer speculators to this sector use your website for due diligence purposes? First of all, Bill, thank you for the introduction and thanks for the opportunity to be on your platform. I love what you're doing and congrats on the five-year anniversary upcoming for uh, Mining Stock Education. Um, well, yeah, CEO.ca was, uh, was a, yeah, an idea I had probably about 10 or 11 years ago. I had a background doing web design and I wanted to create a, a site for the stock market. There were a few uh, small websites in Vancouver that um, were, were servicing this sort of uh, Canadian venture market in the junior mining stock market uh, space. And I kind of thought I could I could compete. I wasn't really sure how to pull it together. But over time, it's just kind of evolved from interviews with CEOs to, like you said, uh, aggregating data around the Canadian market. And we subscribe to live feeds from the Canadian stock exchanges. We subscribe to the insider trading feed. Uh, so all trades by Canadian insiders are posted within the hour to the company channels on CEO.ca. Uh, the site is really based around um, you know Canadian listed stocks. So for every stock, there's a channel on CEO.ca. And you can access um, them at CEO.ca slash symbol, whatever the symbol is. So um, 
what's the gold Terra symbol that uh, you were mentioning earlier? YGT in Toronto. So that would be CEO.ca slash YGT. Uh, interesting that you mentioned uh, Gerald Penniton. He is a, uh, a dynamic guy that I uh, interviewed some years ago, and I didn't know that was what he was doing now, so I'll definitely check that out. But essentially, CEO.ca is an aggregation of, of uh, news, insider trades, stock market data, and uh, community sentiment, what people are saying about specific stocks. And so it's just a, a free place where you can access uh, as much public information as is available. And it's a, a watch list service. So if you, if you know, for me, I, I subscribe to the channels of uh, dozens of stocks and um, and you can organize uh, groups of stocks in a watch list. And if you wish to do so, uh, pay for live market data. And it's a fun mobile site. We think we have the best web product, the mobile product of uh, stock market sites in Canada. So we're trying to make a fun and useful tool for Canadian uh, speculators and investors and people around the world are using the site with um, with our markets focused to mining shares. It's uh, yeah, it's been a, a very exciting 2020 and we're building uh, services and tools for the benefit of, uh, of the Canadian retail investors worldwide. So yeah, I encourage your users to check it out. CEO.ca is free for the delayed 15 minute delay quotes version and uh, yeah, plans with live data from $50 a month Canadian. So uh, yeah, a lot to check out. There's a lot going on on the site and um, yeah, we, we try to just be fun, fast and useful. Uh, it's a good place to subscribe to news feeds and um, just monitor a bit of what's going on on the shares you own or the shares you're watching. Um, I built it basically for myself. I live on the site to um, yeah, keep track of the, the little uh, companies that we're owning that are hopefully going to become big companies. There's a, a metaphor, you know, I heard years ago that when a, you know, a junior mining, anything a junior mining company does is, is news and can change the um, can change the outlook for that stock. And so it is important if you are in this space, I think, to closely monitor the shares you own. So CO.ca helps you do that. If a new, uh, newer investor is going there after they listen to our interview and they don't, of course, have your network and your connections and see your deal flow that you see, and they're saying to myself, I want to find some good investment possibilities. How should they go about that using your site? The first thing I would say would just, uh, you know, find find uh, good speculative <laughs> opportunities. Investment to me is, uh, you know, long-term conservative investing. As you probably know, mining shares, are, it's like a boom-bust sector and high-risk, um, high-reward opportunity. So I just wanted to preface that the stocks that are on, um, you know, in, in our market and popular on CEO.ca are highly speculative. But we've got a, a pretty cool tool. If you go to CEO.ca and there's a button called Companies that quickly shows you the the trending stocks on our site. That's the ones that are most most popular by users who are most trusted on our site. So that'll give you a really good overview of all the um, you know the, the the stocks that are being closely followed by our users. And that Companies page has a phenomenal um, uh, watch list filter where you can see um, by market cap by uh, companies that have volume anomalies or um, gainers or losers, those with news, stocks that are halted. Very quickly at a glance, you can see um, what is happening with Canadian venture stocks, which are, like I said, predominantly the mining shares. I, um, you know, there is a, uh, a bit of a, a belief that I have as an investor that you, you know, you want to buy this, the sector and the stock that's quiet and sell it when it's popular and uh, noisy. So, you know, I would say have some uh, caution with the most popular stocks because 
you know, ultimately um, you want to buy the page 16 story that's going to page one, not the page one story going to 16, obviously, like um, where um, finding, you know, finding value in, in our market, I think, is, is often discovering things that are uncovered and, you know, waiting for results or other investors to catch on. So it's a great tool to see everything at a glance and um, and, a, and a tool to help um, filter ideas and, and still uh, I would just encourage yeah, everybody to, you know, the best education, um, the most context, the most information you can gather and the most time you can put in. That's really where where the edge comes from. I don't think you can go to any website and see a list of stocks to buy. And uh, I mean, that's that's just it's too risky to do that. But with tools like CEO.ca, with with podcasts like yours and a bit of homework over time, I think you can get a, a really good edge in this this dynamic market and make a lot of money. So. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to talk about it, Bill. And one of the things about CEO.ca versus some of the other sites is that it's so user-friendly. You can see an ongoing conversation. You can scroll up and down. I don't. You don't have to click 80 times to see 10 different people talking. So I really appreciate the user-friendliness of the chat rooms. And do you ever go in there to just kind of psychoanalyze the discussion just to gauge sentiment? Because like you said, you can you can see the chatter Sometimes on a hot stock, it seems like it's just uh, all, they're all reinforcing each other. It's one big echo chamber, but then you might have a naysayer in there. And then you can kind of see how the conversation changes after maybe the drill results disappointed. I mean, can you talk at all about how you psychoanalyze the conversations in these chat rooms? Yeah, well, I think that's it's a very good point. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, Bill. I think that there is um, widespread manipulation of social media commenting on penny stocks in Canada and other markets. I think it's also the case in, in excuse me, in U.S. stocks. But um, you know, oftentimes when you see a stock that's run, um, you know, it's usually quiet when the stock is low, and as a stock is rising, it becomes more popular. And you know, usually the most enthusiasm and the most activity is typically at the high. And um, so I would I would be skeptical when everybody's enthusiastic. I would also I just think skepticism is so critical in this. Uh, in this arena and on CEO.ca, like we see users that come on that don't have a long posting history that just reinforce bullish bias or bearish bias. And so, you know, oftentimes I'm, 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 I can't prove, but I am skeptical that, that the, um, conversation taking place is always genuine. You know, there are a number of users on our site who have a lot of experience and have earned, uh, reputations and have, uh, you know, and add a ton of value on the site. And, you know, you can find those guys uh, on the community page of our site, just the most followed users like um, uh, Goldfinger, Stateside, Luke Ten Have, somebody that you got to have on your podcast is Luke Ten Have. I think he's a Amsterdam or a, a, a Netherlands-based speculator that's just so good at finding opportunities uh, as a retail investor without being in um, private placements necessarily or an insider in companies. But these guys that have a long-term public track record and uh, share context about what they're doing, they are, um, you know, they are somebody that I pay more attention to. But um, whereas a, a user that's account is one or two days old and they're just posting Yahoo, Wahoo, bullish comments, like I, I discount that stuff. I, I really think, um, like I said, you want to buy quiet and sell noise. And um, so, you know, be cautious when everybody in your channel is optimistic and maybe be optimistic when everyone's bearish. But um, 
it's just it's just it's just layers right it's like there's there's tons of different inputs that can go into how a share is going to perform you have news flow discovery information commodity price moves sentiment money flows into the sector promotion um so you know social media comments is just one thing uh but it definitely pays to stick around and to get a sense of a network um you're building a great network on this on this uh, podcast but like for me the best thing that's happened to me is having a, a network of people that i trust that i can bounce ideas off i was trying to do due diligence on a on a, on a, a company that's exploring in uh, honduras recently and i'd never heard of a junior in honduras and i um you know i made six phone calls on it and turned out one of those calls the guy i was talking to had had actually been to that property and knew everything from the topography to uh, mineralization history so forth so this is a really small market the the mining scene is a small small space and i think there are just a few thousand people that are vital to you know global exploration and development and you know if you come on sites like ceo.ca and listen to your podcast and go to conferences and build a rolodex like that can be your network and you can you know synthesize uh ideas and insights and make better informed speculations. That's excellent advice. And Tommy, uh, years ago, I listened to a Rick Rule interview, and which kind of inspired me along the education thing, educating myself to be successful in mining stock speculation. And Rick said that he constantly takes advantage of what he's termed a knowledge arbitrage in this sector. And he said he's been successful, not only because of his own ambition, but because the caliber of the competition is so low. Could you address uh, market inefficiencies in the junior gold sector and the junior resource sector? And what should newer investors know? And how have you taken advantage of this to your own success? Well, um, that is a uh, that's a big question. I uh, first of all love Rick Rule, love his interviews, and all, especially on your site, he's so loquacious, and uh, you know he packs a punch. In one in our interview with Rick, he, it's like uh, you know there's the wisdom of four or five or ten interviews with anybody else. Seems like in the space now. Uh, yeah, what can I say? It's 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 a sector that you know like for me for example i came in the market in 2010 i had um i told this before but my parents you know they discouraged me from getting involved with mining and and stock promotions in, in vancouver growing up they um you know so i didn't really look at it but but i got pulled in by a bull market and i think that it's important to know that um you know when when a new guy is interested in the space like for me when i was interested in the mining space in late 2010 that was the top right when i'm when i'm a web designer getting pulled into this mining space it was because everyone around me was making money because um you know it was it was like a a magnet seeing these neighbors and these people and at the restaurants in Vancouver were all having um, you know fancy champagne lunches and I was like I gotta I gotta get in on some of this but I came in at the top right and um, fortunately I had I had you know some youth and discipline and I was like I'm gonna stick around uh, to ride this down and then back up because I kind of realized that but so typically when the market is hot you know you've got new investors that don't have um, a ton of experience that um, are you know uh, attracted to the space and so you know these people just by default they're not doing the same level as due diligence as somebody like rick or somebody like me who's sticking around and so i, I think you know on, on one hand just be skeptical if you're if you're new coming to the space you know that's uh, it's a reason for pause like why are you there you're you know how do if everybody else has an information advantage on you how can you tilt that more into your favor and so you know some of the just basic questions that um need to be answered are, um, 
you know, what what is the price paid for the shares in the in the stock that you're looking at, right? And if you can't answer that question, I don't think you should be investing in it in the first place. So, you know, you can go to CDAR, which is Canada's um, it's Canada's public company reporting site, and find out uh, for, for on the company profiles of each sort of Canadian junior miner. You can find in the management's discussion and analysis and the annual information forms and the management information circulars, information such as the financing history, how, how many shares were sold at what prices. Um, and, and if you're, you know, if you're looking at a stock that's trading at $2 and, you know, the average share was sold at 25 cents or less in, in recent history, well, that's a red flag to some extent, unless there's just some incredible discovery news. But oftentimes, a financing takes place, puts some money into a company, and uh, and stock price runs because you know the, the the financing activity it funds a new drill program, it draws a ton of attention onto that stock, and there may not be a lot of supply in that stock. Uh, the share prices uh, they reflect supply and demand on the shares in the public market, and when a private placement financing takes place, when investors are putting money directly into a company to fund exploration. Typically, that stock is is escrowed or held, restricted for four months to six months. Four months were Canadians. I think it, you could tell me, Bill, but six months is common. I think in the U.S. Yeah, but as a U.S. investor and in, um, Canadian private placements, it's four months plus. Right now, for me, it's many months to get the legend off. It's I'm at, I'm at a big disadvantage. Yeah, I know you are. Well, we we welcome you up here, Bill. Um, <laughs> you moved here, but four months uh, four months after that financing takes place, that whole supply of shares becomes free trading on one day, right? And um, so, you know, so say some legendary investor puts in $5 million at 25 cents into a stock, and there's not a lot of uh, supply available in that stock and a lot of hype around this new investor coming in, and all of a sudden the shares are $1. fifty, right? That happens all the time. Well, four months later, you're going to get a much more um, – healthy market based on the the additional supply that comes to the table and and that might you know be very bearish to the stock price in the short term so you know knowing what 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 the shares were sold at and what prices i think you know do you want to be the guy who pays 10 times what the last guy is to get in if you are doing that why right what 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 is the news that is so you know uncovered and transformational that you know you should be paying you should be getting one tenth of the shares for your money as the guy two months ago, and uh, so that and that's just an inefficiency of enthusiasm coming into the space. I've said this quote many times, but the the, the mining market, junior mining market, is like when it's hot, it's like pouring a bottle of whiskey into a shot glass. There's there's money that flows all over the table. The whole bottle gets spills everywhere, and that and that means money comes and stocks rise everywhere because it's such a small sector. And it can be extremely profitable, even in the lowest quality of stories. But um, you know, over time, that sort of dries up. And yeah, it is a space that's like uh, I made the joke today um, that the junior mining market is like Vancouver weather. It's eighty uh, percent shit and twenty percent spectacular. And if your strategy is just to buy it when it's hated and sell it when it's sunny, you know, you're gonna make a fortune. Like I, I, I have been blessed with it this year, I'm sure you have, to have uh, been positioned in um, junior mining stocks last year, right? I was on podcast uh, last fall, and, and, and almost every stock that we were talking about has, has risen 500 to 1,000% on not much material change. And, uh, you know, that's the function of the market going from unloved to loved. And so in a five-year span, 
there's going to be three and a half, four years where it sucks and one and a half years, maybe when it's good. And that's a total vague, uh, not predictable um, comment. But, you know, the 10 years I've been around the market, it's it's like it's good 20, 30 percent of the time. And right now it's pretty good. There's been a ton of money raised in the sector. And I think the biggest risk to uh, the junior market right now is just the massive amount of money that's come into private placements that's that's going to become free trading in the next um, weeks and days and months that provides a new level of supply that may not be met by um, demand right and so i've got a friend who's done an incredible job of building his company from three cents to a dollar 40 in a year and uh, he's not a pump and dumper he's got his shares uh and and holding for the you know the discovery and the you know hopeful uh, development of a of a real economic ore body that he could sell to a major, but it's uh, he's got this situation where he raised five million dollars at twenty cents. Now the stock's a dollar thirty, and that five million dollars is worth um, I don't know, call it thirty mil, right? So do the investors uh, that he's raised money from are they going to want to take the six x in four months? Well, likely some of them will. That's a pretty phenomenal return. So that's new supply that he has to you know, prepare, get buyers for. And so, yeah, like I think it's a big risk to juniors. The amount of money that was raised at prices lower than market prices could depress the market temporarily while this stock is digested. And then you also have this, um, you know, there's this um, gold price uncertainty right now. It's gold has is, is had a major run, but I think is uh, volatile right now, kind of trying to price in what's happening with uh, COVID-19 and the U.S. election. And um, so it just sort of seems like it's going to be choppy right now. I don't know what to expect, um, you know, in under a Biden administration versus a Trump administration. What will investor expectations look like? Um, so, you know, it is it should be really good times for the market because gold price is high. That means minor, major miners are making money. Money has come into juniors. That means they're going to be making discoveries. But um, yeah, it seems like it's choppy right now. I think there's going to be a lot of shares that underperform and a, and a, a select few that um, that have discoveries that uh, yeah perform for us. So Tommy, you do an excellent job on the production side yourself. You produced a video that was extremely inspirational uh, to many and did really well on YouTube about a gentleman who took the I remember about twenty thousand dollars i believe and turned it into about 17 million through speculating i think he's got even more than that now bill <laughs> is, is it okay but but i remember though he wrote it up and then he wrote it back down and at the time the video was published maybe five years ago he was planning on doing it again i guess my question after watching that it's inspirational on the the one hand but it's also like what were you doing at the top because you wrote it back down how, how do you make a million or make millions in a bull market and keep it and not give it all back? That's a, it's a great million dollar question. How to make it? Uh, if you're a retail investor and you are just buying stock in the public market, you have to take a lot of risk. You wanna buy something when the market's quiet. It's a real story that hasn't been discovered by the rest of the market and you need to have a conviction to hold it, right? It's very hard to hold a stock that goes up 30 times. I, I had a, a few stories this year where I had a big position in the deal that you know, has gone from five cents to multiple dollars. Well, I was way too aggressive selling it early because I, you know, I was up 8x and I need to feed the family here, right? Well, if I just held, it would have been uh, almost life-changing. So getting into the right deals is one thing. 
getting into them when they're not popular, when the sector's out of favor. Holding, um, you know, that's where the massive returns can come from. On the flip side, holding is where, you know, the, the, the round trip can come from too. So I don't really beat myself up over taking a profit early. I have this personal experience of, um, you know, having a few hundred thousand shares in Great Bear Resources at 15 cents that I sold at 15 at 50 cents and is now $19, right? It could it would have been amazing to hold that deal. <laughs> I needed the money, right? And I have I'm one of these chicken chicken speculators that if I make a good return, I reevaluate how much, you know, so so for me, um, I'm a disciplined seller, but Rob Hirschberg is the guy we're talking about that, you know, he, he had a 100 grand into a million, then back down to 100 grand, then 100 grand into 10 million, and then back down to 100 grand, then up to 20 million and, and back down. And I think, you know, he, I think his $20 million went down to three or four million in the bear market of sort of 2011, 12. But he's made it back and some. He killed it in 2016. We interviewed him in 2015. But he just, you know, he, he goes all in. He um, promotes the hell of the stuff he's buying. He gets, you know, he, he's uh, in, infectious about the stories. He's like, if he, he's almost an enigma. Like his hairdresser and, and him talk about penny stocks. And he's just Mr. Enthusiasm for the sector and promoting his book and um, taking big risks in private placements. And getting uh, you know some sweetened deals because he's in privately uh, now. Rob is the kind of guy that, uh, and he admitted this in his podcast. He has a hard time getting out, right? Because he's a believer. He just and this happens. You see, there's a huge class of people that make a fortune and don't sell. And uh, and you know it, it often happens to people who work in the companies and they're restricted from selling or their ethics prevent them from doing so. But um, yeah, and some guys just become believers that they, they don't sell. I've got a really good buddy actually that's made probably 75 million bucks at one point on paper, but very poor seller has written it down to him, you know, a measly $20 million. <laughs> He's still very, very uh, successful. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not like that. I'm a cynic. Unfortunately, um, you know, I, I have uh, my, my dad is a pessimistic investor. He's a bear on everything. He's, he's second guessing everything and he kind of beat it into my head. Um, so I just I'm always sort of saying, how much of this stock would I buy today? If I've got a big win, you know, say, you know, I put in 20,000 and it's 200, um, you know, do I do I let it ride or do I say, well, I would probably still be comfortable holding 20,000 of this. That was the original investment size I made. So uh, because I have that cynicism, I, I sell early oftentimes, but I hold I'm holding on to the the majority of the money I made in the space. And, and I, um, you know, I, I've had a really fortunate trajectory where um, made pretty good money for a young person in this space, but I'm still making bets the same size that I used to when I didn't really have much. I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, a, a conservative speculator, and I and when I have a big profit, I take it out. I you know I buy uh, real estate or index funds or diversify to some extent into um, other investments. And I'm keeping my speculative money that I use to try to make a big wins in this junior resource sector, that's a small amount of capital. Like I, I, I was told by a guy that's exceptionally wealthy once, he's like, if, you, if you're gambling with more than a million bucks in the junior space, you're doing it wrong, right? Um, and now Eric Sprott is, is obviously the complete opposite of that. He's a multi-billionaire that's got hundreds of millions of dollars funding the space. And his approach is, is phenomenal. He's uh, a believer that holds his positions has um, made close to a billion dollars on one trade on Kirkland Lake 
and he's the guy that, that holds and doesn't sell and he's got a thousand times more money than I do. But um, there's a lot of different approaches that 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 make it in this space. Um, you know, the, the, the more your odds of being wealthy in the junior mining market are rising dramatically. If you have a five year plus horizon where you're you know, going to stick around, learn the business inside and out and uh, develop this contextual knowledge of what's going on around you in a network. And then your odds rise even more dramatically if you decide to make a career in this space. Um, which, you know, I, um, I have done kind of backwards through the website and it's, uh, it forces me to stay in through the good and the bad times and, um, have the relationships to take advantage of the good times. So you just, you just gave a lot of good advice there, Tommy. And as you were talking about real estate, I, uh, recalled how Warren Irwin, the fund manager, told me once that, and I believe this was in a published interview, that when he's feeling too smart or too good about himself and his mining stock investing, that's the time to take money out of the sector and put it into real estate. That's uh, his action plan. Well, I, I love Warren. Um, I, uh, I have uh, such low self-confidence that I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm always, uh, always trying to be more conservative and more you know, uh, I'm, I'm a scaredy cat. I'm scared of uh, not having safety. And, uh, you know, so I think that might prevent me from um, making Eric Sprott's kind of wealth. But at the same time, I sleep pretty good at night. Um, and Tommy, before you go, as we kind of conclude here, is there any firsthand vibe you're getting from House Street there in Vancouver that you could share with us? And what would be the takeaway of that for the average retail investor listening to us? Well, so House Street is is like Vancouver's Wall Street. And uh, it's a, you know, a metaphor for the junior mining market in Vancouver. There are a thousand plus companies um, located in, in around House Street, um, which is uh, just a, a street in downtown Vancouver. Um, my sense is that this is kind of high times at the moment. Like, uh, if you haven't had a good six months since, I mean, since, since April, it's really been phenomenal for our sector. And, um, you know, so if, if you, I think, I think people are, the mood here is quite good. People have, um, uh, made profits in their deals and their friends deals. They have raised money. So they have funds to, uh, pay themselves and to grow their companies. They're, you're starting to see which is kind of unfortunate, but when a when a CEO does something good, um, oftentimes their next few deals, the market will pay them more for. And so you're starting to see promoters of deals launch second, third, fourth, fifth companies because the market's hot and they can raise the money and create wealth for themselves. And so that that greed is starting to come in here a bit, which is something to be wary of. Uh, management focus is uh, huge. And this is like a time old story. A, a CEO does a great job, uh, doesn't make as much wealth as he could, starts to get greedy, does a bunch of deals while the market's hot at, at terms that are more advantageous to him or her. And the market turns and investors are left wondering what the hell happened, you know. And so there is a lot of, uh, yeah, there's a lot of greed around at the moment. Um, you know, there is a, a more of a fight to, to get projects and to get shell companies um, it's definitely busier. It's not high times by any means like it, like it was in 2007, eight from what I've heard. And it doesn't even seem like it's quite at the 2010, 2011 euphoria. Uh, a lot of investors feel just because the market was so bad for so long that this, this, this rise in gold is legit and it's got legs and 
you know, commodity prices drive this this space more than anything. If if uh, if gold makes a run to twenty one hundred, I, I don't see any issue with the the supply of stock that I mentioned earlier in the interview. I think it'll get soaked up and some and three thousand dollar gold. Um, you know, this this little sector will have created so much wealth for insiders and retail investors alike. But I just there's a bit of caution, the, the enthusiasm that, you know, people are worried a bit about the um, the supply that's coming. Um, but yeah, there, there's a, you know, the, the easy low hanging fruit have been picked. And uh, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting time. People are happy because, uh, you know, it's um, business is taking place. And Tommy, if uh, listeners want to follow you, if they're not familiar with your work, would the best be best way to do that be to follow you on your own website, ceo.ca? Yeah, I'm ceo.ca slash at Tommy. And I'm also on Twitter, Tommy Hump. I um, don't post as much on Twitter anymore as I used to just um, sort of focus my energy on ceo.ca. But um, yeah, I'd love to uh, meet any of your listeners and you can uh, message me on my profile or send me a private chat. And um, yeah, I just, just great to be on your platform and connect with you, Bill. And thank you for what you're doing, educating people about mining shares and congrats to the uh, I know the success you're having and the great sponsors you're attracting and uh, just good to be here with you. Excellent. Thank you, Tommy, also. And like I said at the outset, please go to CEO.ca. If you're newer to this sector, make sure you include uh, visiting this website as part of your due diligence for researching these companies that you're investing in. All the best to you. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concommitment with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment.
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.